Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. Uh, I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your friendly neighborhood better host, Javi. <laughs> and uh, this week, we're actually uh, reviewing Into the Spider-Verse, which is the Spider-Man animated movie that came out at the end of last year. Uh, we have two guests that are joining us this week. Uh, how would you like to introduce yourself? I don't know. Hey, I'm, uh, this is Danny. You might recognize me from... That one wrestling podcast we did a couple weeks, months, years ago. It feels like years ago, especially since in that time we canceled the podcast, changed completely into a different one, and started a new podcast, which has now made it into the double digits of episodes, too. I know. Yeah. Woo! Longest running podcast we've ever made! <laughs> uh, Danny has been, as we just promised him, an executive producer credit, if we ever yes. do that, Davis. But he is actually the logo designer for both of our shows. Yeah, so uh, we very much appreciate him doing all the wonderful graphic work for uh, our shows that we've had. Especially since this is the second podcast that we've that we've asked him to create a logo for <laughs> after the first one went dormant forever. Yeah, I mean we'll resurrect it <laughs> in hell. <laughs> so how would our other uh, guests like to introduce himself? Hey everyone, it's Jose. Um, been a long time Spider-Man fan and known Angel for a really long time now, as long as Javier and Danny. And uh, it's good to be on the show for the first time. I, I know this is your first time reviewing an animated movie, and I've been listening to you guys since episode one. Yeah, Jose's been a huge supporter. He's one of our best homies, and he's also a resident Spider-Man expert, so we, of course we had to call him in to help us review this one. Yeah, though, so, so this movie... Obviously, I saw the trailers when it came out, right? I originally thought it was going to be like a direct-to-DVD or direct-to-streaming service kind of movie. Animated movies with comic book uh, superheroes is not something that's very common, right? Like, it live action is where it's at now. And I think one of the only other instances of that that I can think of, besides The Incredibles, I guess, which is a Disney Pixar property. If you remember in 93, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Hell yeah! Which was originally supposed to, which was the opposite. It was originally supposed to be a direct DVD movie that ended up getting pushed into a Christmas 1993 theatrical release. Uh, but because it just wasn't promoted that well, it basically bombed at the box office. Which, to me, is actually one of my favorite Batman movies that I've ever seen. Uh, so, so I'm the kind of person that's super game for this kind of stuff. Animated uh, superhero movies that are going to do things that live action movies cannot Plus, this is the first time that that we're watching a movie that, you know, at least into the mainstream, really introduced Miles Morales, uh, you know, into, again, mainstream Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of him uh, because I have a lot of friends who read comic books and are into Spider-Man lore, so I, I recognize the name for a very long time. Um, but outside of the Sony video game, like, I haven't had much exposure to the character at all so this movie really is my big introduction to miles morales and, and spider-man in general <laughs> well well no because spider-man in general um i haven't really read much of the comic books but i was a huge fan of the 90s cartoon series hell yeah and uh, if you remember when we did our batman begins review i talked about how 
at that point when Batman Begins came out, I had totally fallen out from Batman, and I wasn't really following it anymore. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man was just the thing. Spider-Man and X-Men were just the things at that time, right? X3 had come out in 03, and Spider-Man 2 came out in 04, which, like, to this day is, like, one of my favorite comic book movies that I've ever seen, so... Wait, I've... when did it, X3 Which came one? out in 03? 2003. No, X3 came out in, like, oh... Sorry, not X3, X2. X2. Yeah, X2. X3 was the bad one. That was the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just uh, lost there's... a bunch of viewers saying X3 was their favorite. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> I will fight anyone that says X3 is their favorite. That's There's a lot of bad uh, three superhero movies, right? I mean, Spider-Man 3 being one of them. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of which, you know, they, they I actually have to commend them for making fun of themselves in the movie mm. in the beginning. Yep. They're all like, you know, we did this number and it shows Spider-Man dancing. Yeah, it was... there was a lot of the opening scenes that actually were stuff out of the Raimi Spider-Man. And I thought that Jake Johnson's Spider-Man is actually out of that universe. Yeah, I told you that. That's why. No, bitch, I said that first. Bitch, I said that. So that Spider-Man that actually first gets introduced is uh, voiced by Chris Pine. My first introduction to Spider-Man was the 90s cartoon as well. And they actually did um, a short series towards like season five where it was the clone saga. I remember that. One of the Spider-Men was blonde hair, and, you know, everyone recognizes the blonde hair one if you're a true Spider-Man fan as a Scarlet Spider or Ben Riley. Yes, I totally <laughs> remember that. <laughs> was that the same arc when they had the Spider-Carnage? Yes, that's the same arc. That was the first, like, Spider-Verse, like, compilation ever. That was when uh, Madam Web was trying to put a team together, like right? She was. I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen yeah. that in a long ass time. Yeah, her and the uh, the Beyonder. It's like this obscure, like like super powerful entity. She like teamed up with Madam Web, and they're trying to save the universe. So it's it's kind of like it, it's it almost seems like a tribute kind of to that this movie, but with the uh, Miles Morales like plot point. So Spider-Verse has been kind of like, like, it's not something that just was thought of in the last, like, five years. There's actually been some sort of history, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, in, in the comics, just like DC and Marvel, they, they have their own, like, separate universes, right? Marvel 616, I believe, is, like, one movie. of the universes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like, DC, what they have now, they're, like, new 52s and... Yeah, well, they they have the theirs is the multiverse, right? Like they they go through all the multiverse stories. Um, for like the early part of the 2010s, a lot of it was New 52, but now it's just been like rebooted into like the Year Zero continuity now. Yeah, it's so probably guess, to bring in more viewers, right? More fans. Yeah, that's right. Got to make that money, dog. Just like <laughs> they saw Marvel making all this, like you know, printing a shit zillion dollars out of these rubes that started reading comics because of the movies <laughs> well i mean it's smart right like it, it is smart to, to make your bones that way you make good movies and people will start following the comic books the problem is dc hasn't made good movies though <laughs> no but they but the the dark when dark knight came out in 08 that's what got me back in like batman begins and dark knight are what got me into comic books like i i wasn't i was kind of into it maybe 
but I again like my interest had fallen off by that point. So once I was once I was really entrenched in the hype for Dark Knight, it it brought me all the way back, and to the point where you know I even I there is some Marvel stuff that I've read, but it's just it's just again DC is just like. I understand those characters better, so it's just easier mm-hmm. for me to follow it, <laughs> and it's not anything personal against Marvel. Um, but yeah, again, it, it's it is it's pretty interesting how Spider Man is like the one property that's like it can get rebooted every several years, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think that's what makes it so easy to just digest the new version of Spider Man is that you're already used to starting over again with the franchise. Yeah, like you really like that's the beauty of Spider Man. Like, I think my experience with Spider Man starting off had to be the Raimi movies, mm-hmm. right? Like, every, like a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people our age who weren't reading comics at the time, that's kind of where they got their fill with Spider Man. It was either '90s cartoons like Danny and Jose were talking about, or it's the Raimi movies. And for me, it was the Raimi movies, and it was around the same. Like, it was a great time because uh, the Ultimate Universe had just been like introduced and it was supposed to be gritty and realistic and then they introduced spider-man one of the biggest things that they did was they instead of making spider-man a college kid he's now like 14 years old 15 years old and he's a little baby boy finding out how to be a superhero and so you you get this character that's supposed to be a sidekick but no superhero for him to support and all of a sudden he went from like you know just being a normal kid from queens and now he's fighting like big ass like hulk sized monsters all by himself so the the ultimate universe was definitely a good jumping on point and that's kind of where i jumped in on this um so yeah like i would read spider-man on and off after that but you know i think everyone know or everyone has known now that um you know the ultimate universe was actually what gave us miles morales to begin with yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. When I found out In a Spider-Verse was coming out and that was actually becoming a movie, like I was kind of familiar with the, the newer Spider-Man stuff. Um, like at how he got rebooted with Brand New Day and how he got Spectacular Spider-Man where he got really popular. I forgot what writer it was that got him really popular. Uh, it wasn't Brian Michael Bendis. It was like another dude. Uh, the ultimate, are you talking about the, you're talking about the Ultimate um, no, it was, Spider-Man? No, it was his. Uh, it was a normal run. It was like oh, the the Amazing Spider-Man. It was a uh, Dan Slott, and there we he, go. he had been. Yeah, he had been um, pioneering that. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't so much of a reboot. It was a continuation from Amazing. I forgot who the previous writer had been, but Dan Slott was at the reign for like maybe like ten years. I think he just recently stopped doing Amazing. So, he's he's like. He's, I guess he's revered as one of the best writers for, from this era for Spider-Man. Yeah, because he did a lot. He introduced new characters like uh, Yuri Watanabe from the Amazing Spider- or I'm sorry, the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game. Yeah, that's 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 what I was gonna th- think. That's what I was thinking about as well, right? I mean, at some point, there's a. Po- it looks like there's a point where Miles Morales comes out of just the ultimate universe and mm-hmm. becomes like a character in spider-man canon right at least mm-hmm. in the video game like I, I wasn't aware of that right yeah it was i'm and i'm pretty sure danny and jose can correct me but there was like a cosmic event right like a reboot marvel did that brought uh miles into six earth 616 yeah that was uh secret wars a couple years ago i think um where all the different 
Marvel universes came together to like combat each other on uh, which universe would survive, and I think through that, Miles became part of uh, Earth 616. That sounds like the Tournament of Power from Dragon Ball Z, or Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> I think everybody's doing that these days. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just making all these universes fight now. Well, yeah, shared universes and multiple universes are everything in comics and in movies now. Mm-hmm. Like, movies are now becoming super meta about, like, different universes where characters, like, exist in and stuff like that. You know, my earliest memory of anything Spider-Man was... In kindergarten, I had this Spider-Man, like, messenger bag. That was, like, my favorite bag. And it was, um, I think it was from the, the Spider-Man animated show. Um, yeah, I just remember watching that every day after school. Um, yeah, that, that's where I jumped in. Um, before that, I had started reading a little bit of the comics, but not as much because they weren't as accessible to me. Um, so, yeah, definitely, the, the cartoon was a huge part of uh where i fell into the fandom uh so this movie is directed by there's like three different directors on this bob perchetti perch peter ramsey peter ramsey rothman yep um i think there's one of the things that we really do need to talk about when we're talking about a movie like this is just how revolutionary, I guess, the animation style is. Fuck yeah. Um, it's in it's a really unique way of presenting a comic book movie, even though it's like it's it makes so much sense and you wonder why people hadn't really thought about it before. I think the only other movie that kind of like tries to do the comic panels thing. You know which movie actually does do that? What? Angley's Hulk. Yep. <laughs> Angley's Hulk movie has like had that kind of like stylistic thing where it would try to do that. It just obviously worked to much different results, but <laughs> but this, you know, in an animated universe this totally works. And it it just there's it, it's a really nice way to to montage things, you know, and it's like there's a lot of times when you're watching this movie and it's throwing a ton of information at you where you just do feel like you're you're flipping through like splash pages on a comic mm-hmm. book. Um, That's what they were going for too. Um, I know, um, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller had talked about wanting to step up their game after they put out um, the Lego movie, and they're all like, "Well, how can we, how can we make this movie better than the Lego movie?" And then they ended up talking to talking with Sony, and they were like, "Let's make a comic book film that feels like a comic book on the screen." So you know they had they had 3D animators and the traditional 2D animation style, and they just went in there and put the two together, and they were using all the comic book t- uh, style art, you know, with the with the dots and all that kind of like the comic book panels and whatnot and it just like brought the whole thing together and it, it it was like it came to life and then when i watched it in 3d i was like wow this is amazing <laughs> yeah i didn't obviously like <laughs> i just watched it for the first time like on video uh for this episode but it's i can't imagine like seeing this in in like imax or something like that like it's, it had to have been pretty intense uh and, and an awesome experience to see it that way yeah danny how'd you feel about the animation Oh, just from the first trailer, I, I fell in love with, with it. Um, 
like like you guys said, said it, it was so revolutionary. Um, you hadn't really seen that style in a big budget um, animated movie up until this, uh, and uh, there's something. It was just something different. You know, we've seen cel shaded movies before. We've seen you know 3D rendered movies, 2D, um, but this one, it, it, there was something different about it. And I don't know if it was like the the actual animation style or what it was, but it it looked like it, it looked it looked unfinished, but because it looked so unfinished, it looked unique and mm-hmm. and really eye catching. Yeah, it looked, I don't know if that like, makes it looked sense. like something that was like half 3D, half rotoscope, like. Mm-hmm. It, it was it, yeah, like you said. It, it, there's there's something about it where it just looks like you're blending several different kinds of animation styles together, um, and the attention to detail that goes on in the background is. I fucking... wish I could catch like all the posters and all the logos. Oh, that's like... why Jose's here. Jose caught a shit ton of it. I've also watched it like eight times, so <laughs> I didn't catch it in the first go. Like what were some of them you showed me? Like you showed me the Blake Griffin playing for the for the Mets, it was right? The, no, he was playing for the the New York Red Sox. Oh, that's what it was. Oh my god! Yeah. And then like everyone saw the Chance the Rapper with his four yeah. hat. There was, there was uh, uh, the Red Man Group, which is you know like a take on the Blue Man Group. <laughs> I did. You know, see it's an alternate movie. universe. Yeah. And then Coca Cola with K's. Yeah. I mean, everyone noticed that. Then the weekend, it was like the kissing or some shit like that. <laughs> there was, was a, I think there was a Nick Kroll and um, Seth Rogen one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was it? Off to the races or some shit like that? Because I pointed it out when I watched it with Angel. <laughs> it was a horse one or like a jockey or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, it was crazy. Like, not only the art style, but just the attention to detail in the background and, like, shit that you shouldn't notice. But it's like, you know, there was, what, like, 140, 150, like, animators on this film? Mm-hmm. Every single one earned their paycheck because, oh, god yeah. damn it, this was such a nice-looking movie. Yeah, I think another thing was, like, you know, Sony usually plugs their own merch in their in movies like live action films you know they got their headphones but even you know when the when the movie started you see miles morales singing he's got his sony headphones on mm-hmm. they all have like xperia sony phones and they're like these are all animated right like so mm-hmm. the animators had to had to animate like real life like sony merch yeah. Yes, we all know those Sony phones, top of the line, <laughs> <laughs> highest of quality of phone devices. Let's just let's be careful here. <laughs> all right, you guys uh, just so... lost a sponsor. <laughs> oh man! So uh, the plot of the story again it revolves around Miles Morales, who uh, you know also gets bitten by a radioactive spider. And oh, he, how original. Well, it's in this universe, Spider-Man, as we said, Spider-Man exists. It's this blonde, beautiful, Chris, Chris uh, Pine Spider-Man. Beautiful Aryan <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Who, you know, unfortunately gets offed really early in the film, right? Fucking spoilers, asshole. This is a spoiler-filled review, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so, you know, he, he gets killed early in the movie, and Miles, like... You know, I, I don't think it's that he feels responsible or anything, but this is like the moment where he really starts to discover that, you know, that he's got 
that he's getting some of these similar kind of spider powers, right? Um, and in in Spider Man in this universe, kind of points it out to him early and tells him that you know, like, it kind of seems like he wants to take him under his wing, right? He for super a l- wants a to do it. He even tells him that you know. Uh, I'll show you the ropes. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'll, you know, just get out of here real quick and I'll let me handle this. Um, but yeah, like right off the bat, they hit it off and they have like this kind of like, I don't want to say it's definitely not a fatherly relationship, but it's definitely like a role model, like right away. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, they're both, you know, at one point Peter was an awkward teenager he seems like the most Superman-like Spider-Man ever, right? Like, he is the... We're talking about uh, Peter B. Parker, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Peter Benjamin Parker. <laughs> now we're talking about Chris Pine Parker. <laughs> and then I well, remember he... just, like, seeing this, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, isn't Jake Johnson supposed to be, like, Peter Parker in this movie? And something felt really off to me, so I knew something was going to happen. And shortly after that, they introduced us to... All right. There is a character in this movie that I just cannot fucking... Okay, I love the animation in this movie, but I could not take the Kingpin seriously this entire movie because he looks like the fucking girl from uh, Wonka and the Chocolate Factory after like she eats the blueberry and gets inflated. I like he had no neck. <laughs> I just couldn't deal with it. Like I could I could it's fine, right? Like I, I I got through the movie and I enjoyed it. It's just like he was the one character that was just way too off. And I actually part- had a I had a different villain that I disliked, but we'll get into that later. But uh since you're on the Kingpin subject, he reminded me of uh like Kanye West and Little Pump in that music video. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I took from it, and I just wanted to sing like you're such a stupid. Ho. I love it. I'm a sick love. I like the sick loves. What? <laughs> and then I also didn't realize. Okay, is it a is it a, is it an artistic choice of the movie, or is it a comic book thing that like the Green Goblin was a giant like kaiju in this <laughs> for some that reason? That was pulled from the Ultimate comics, from, right? Yeah, that's from Ultimate Spider-Man. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I actually read that um, it was supposed to be the lizard, uh-huh. and then they ended up making like they used that that same render style for the lizard, and they just kind of um, they added you know the wings. the hot, the wings, and then they just were like, oh, we're gonna go with with the Green Goblin instead. I don't know why they made that choice, but that's that's what I read. Yeah, maybe because it's one of the, the last Amazing Spider-Man had. The lizard already. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah good true. point. That like forgotten like middle Spider-Man series. <laughs> and then in and then uh, Spider Gwen's like the lizard is tied to Spider Gwen's uh, origin too, so they probably didn't want to repeat a bunch of stuff. Um, do you guys remember how how uh, how Miles got his powers in uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, I'm assuming it's similar to what it was in the movie. I'm not, I'm actually not too familiar with the Ultimate Spider-Man. I think Danny was more of a um, expert. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I I'm sure it was another radioactive spider. I, I don't remember if it was the same one or no, that was Silk. That's how Silk got her powers. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I I can't remember right now. 
Because all I remember from Ultimate Spider-Man is Spider-Man dies, spoilers, for a comic book series from like 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you have to include spoiler alert, but okay. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I just remember like that series ended and I was sad. And then like two months later, they're like, hey, here's Spider-Man. He's back, kids. And now he's black. You know, it was like back in black, like literally. (laughs) Well, that's one of the other most famous things about him, right? And the fact that not only is he a alternate universe Spider-Man, but he's also half black and half Hispanic, which you know it's it's unique, right? It it it, it kind of feeds into the idea that we talk about with us, where it's like now you have new groups that are being represented mm-hmm. in uh, film. I think that drives a lot of the interest in something like this. It obviously does it for something like Black Panther in the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, 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 it creates interest. And one of the biggest indicators I can think of in that is, like, Hollywood is, like, you know, they still struggle to learn their lesson on some of this stuff, on being able to tell more of these diverse stories through the lens of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's it, it, again it, that that part of it is nice and interesting. The music in this is really good. Fuck yeah! Um, I, even before I saw the movie, uh, several months before I saw it, and I knew I wasn't gonna be able to catch it in theaters because I just don't get out to theaters very much these days. But um, I knew I, I I I just I knew the music was good because I got the soundtrack before the movie had come out. Mm-hmm. I know Jose was using that as his workout playlist, right? Oh yeah, like this year. And even even before the movie came out, I was like, you know what, this is gonna be like the soundtrack that I run to, and I don't even skip a song, like fast song, slow song, I'll just run to the whole thing. And this, and and I think, and I think that really contributes to the style too. One of them is the animation, obviously looks great, which we talked about, but the music in this is just so good that it contributes to just how rich and full like the world feels that you're in here like the montage of uh peter parker's funeral after kingpin kills him mm-hmm. and they have that one song i think it's like afraid of the dark plane and it's yeah, just, little wayne i mean i'm glad they cut out the little wayne part because that was trash <laughs> <laughs> but like everything else like was fit perfectly with the scene what was going on you know, they, and again, like this movie doesn't take itself super serious. Like, yeah, it does. It's not afraid to tackle like serious tones. It does it just enough. Like, I love that. I love that joke where uh, Miles is in the crowd and he goes, "Oh, he's counting on me." And then the dude next to him is like, "I think he meant like that more as hyperbole." <laughs> yeah. And it's more symbolic that he's counting on all of us. Yeah. No, the other one is like so he so after Miles gets bitten by the spider and he like sleeps in this I guess whatever academy dorm room that he's in where apparently he like lives here. You know what else this reminded me of? I swear to God, like just watching it. Do you remember that oh. like th- that MTV series that they did, the MTV animated Spider Man mm-hmm. that only like, lasted like half a season with MPH? Oh God, I Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I... <laughs> I, like, to this day, like, really miss that show because I was so hardcore into it. And, um, yeah, I like, just the idea of him, like, staying in a dorm room and stuff like that, I don't know, it just, like, gave me flashbacks to something that I would have seen, like, in in that previous show. But, you know, his roommate, you never really hear from him. It feels like he sleeps for days, right? Like, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, once he's awake, like... He's going through the same kind of deals that Tobey Maguire's like Spider-Man went through in in 
in Sam Raimi's movie, right, where he's just much bigger than he was before, and mm-hmm. it his transformation into Spider-Man feels very much like a metaphor for puberty, which he even yeah. calls out, like, <laughs> several times. <laughs> and uh, once he goes back to school, that's where he runs into Gwen Stacy? No, it's Gwenda. Wanda? <laughs> Wanda, yeah, her. Her, too. So Yeah, uh, she was uh, voiced by... Um... Haley, or what's her name? Haley Steinfeld? Is that, is that her name? It was Haley Steinfeld. Who, yeah, and then she was in Bumblebee, right? Bumblebee. Yeah. Yep. And what's the story on Spider-Gwen? How does she come to be? You guys, <laughs> I'm throwing it over to you guys, because y'all know more about Spider-Man than me. Annie? Um, so Spider-Gwen. <laughs> <passes> the bug. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Gwen is an alternate dimension... Uh, take on the Spider-Man hero, um, but instead of in this in her universe, instead of Peter getting bitten, she got bit by the spider. Hmm. So, um, fun fact yeah. that my buddy was telling me about. Not sure if it, how true it is, but I guess it's like one of those cosmic laws of Marvel that Peter and Gwen can never exist in the same timeline. Hmm. If one lives, the other has to die. Like, it's just one of those, like, dumb things. It's, like, the same thing as how someone had to die in Crime Alley. Whether it was... Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. whether it was Bruce Wayne's parents mm-hmm. or whether it was Bruce himself. Like, it's just one of those tropes that can't happen. And that's why it's, like, so emotional when Spider-Man... Or when Peter finally does meet Gwen, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. Immediately when he meets Gwen, it looks like there's some sort of connection that they both have with each other. Well, Miles. Miles, case, yeah. yeah, which like Miles has like he, obviously because Peter is much older than Gwen and a lot <laughs> schlubbier. <laughs> but it looks like her. It looks like Miles and 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 Gwen have like you know this chemistry right away, you know, and and it's funny that that in this that in this version of Spider-Man, he's really not able to control his powers, right? Mm-hmm. He like he tries to grab her, and <laughs> her hair like sticks to his fingers, and he. Basically, ends up having to tear her hair out of her head. <laughs> which, so here's a question for you guys, though, on that that notion of the chemistry. Do you think that chemistry was there because a their their both of their spider senses were kind of like triggering each other, or b it was there because Gwen had already um, known about all this, right? Because like later on in the movie, you find out that Gwen arrived. You know, days earlier, weeks earlier, and she had been there for a while, and she knew what was going on. Well, to me, like, you know, not knowing a lot of the stuff about this, it felt more like they just connected to each other because, like, she she very much feels like she hasn't been there very long as much as he does, right? Like, he mm-hmm. tries to go around and talking to people, and it doesn't look like anyone really pays that much attention to him anyway, which I don't know if that's part of it is just, you know, I, I think... The fact that he is a person of color as well, there is a level of isolation that comes with that a little bit, especially if you were in groups that are of much more light complexion. Well, there was a lot of people of color in that school. I, he just didn't want to be at that academy, though. It's because well, might... yeah, I mean, and I and I think one of the things that kind of connects him, uh, and obviously that I don't mean that as like the only thing, right? Because mm-hmm. Gwen is white. I, no, I know what you mean, yeah. But like, <laughs> but I think one of the things that connects them is they both felt like they were just people that were they hadn't been there very long and don't really fit in with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Which and and I'm gonna show how stupid I am, like in this <laughs> section right here, is that. 
I didn't realize that was supposed to be Gwen Stacy right away. Mm. So I just thought it was like a girl that he knew in school that was going to be some girl that he was going to be like friends with the entire movie, right? Stupid. <laughs> Dummy. Dummy. <laughs> Uh, can we can we go back a little bit? Because uh, we kind of glazed over like two main characters that get introduced before Gwen, and like one being his dad, Jefferson Davis, mm-hmm. who's a police officer, voiced by Ty. Was it uh, Tyree Henry? Who's he's voiced by? Yeah, Tyree Henry. Oh, if you said Terry Crews, I was gonna lose my. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know some people might remember him from like Atlanta or. Um, what else has he been? He's going to be in the new Chucky movie. Yeah, he's going to be a child's play. Oh, where? I really just know him from Atlanta. Yeah. Paperboy. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 But one of the things that I um, enjoyed was his dad. Because, you know, in the when we first see Miles, he's walking to school and he's he's sticking stickers, like graffiti stickers all over the place. And then he trips over his shoe because he doesn't want to tie his shoelaces. And then you just hear a siren go off and it's his dad and his dad is like get in the car i'm giving you a ride to school (laughs) and then like i can see i can see angel and myself doing this you know when our kids are a little older where we're (laughs) taking our kids to school and they're not interested in anything we're saying you're like look at that phone party he's like it looks like a disco and then and then he's like dad you're old (laughs) oh yeah no it's it's so ridiculous that like yeah, being now being a parent, there is especially since my child is now very much starting to like her personality is coming in now. Like I tell my wife all the time, like every time I see specifically, I know when we talked about the movie Us, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now uh, everyone around me decided to point out that like that Winston Duke's dad character was very much, <laughs> yeah, you were Winston Duke and you are Jefferson Davis. Like I fucking I hate what you're becoming. I want you to know that. I think one of the saddest realities of life is just realizing that you're gonna become every embarrassing parent in a movie. <laughs> oh my god. God, I'm cringing for your kids. Uh, the Both other, of your kids. The other one is actually Aaron Davis, right? Who is uh, who is Miles' uncle? Who and you didn't? You would know this because you still haven't finished watching Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, <laughs> but in that movie, he's actually played by uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. And I, you know, so that's the only reason why I knew who that character was right away. But I didn't realize he was a supervillain in this mm-hmm. movie. Which spoiler alert, yeah, yeah way to go, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but he was played by Mahershala Ali, right? Who is just you know I'm gonna butcher his name, so I don't know why he's in everything me. nowadays. Yeah, he's in everything. I even told Amir, I was like, he, he's even in the story mode for Madden a couple of years ago. <laughs> I, I was listening to his other podcast. Um, Ah, uh, yeah, because I'm not going to give him a shout-out, though, because no free ads. But one of the things that they were talking about is that how Maharshala... Mah- rip their material off. Maharshala. 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 Yeah. What well, Mali, right? It's just that he's that guy that can literally do anything he wants now. Like, he's just 
that he's just got that much swag to him that like he can show up he can do a shitty movie because he feels like it he'll go and do voiceover work because he wants to like it's actually really cool when you have um when you have actors like that like are not afraid to sign on to projects that's how i felt about um chadwick boseman i was like man this guy's like been everything he's like jackie robinson in 42 and he's like Black Panther. He's in Netflix in, in, movies. He was in the, in the Name of the King on like the Netflix like original shit. Since we're talking about like actors that end up in Marvel movies, Paul Rudd is very much like that. Too. Yeah, Paul Rudd <laughs> will do whatever he damn well pleases. <laughs> it's like he was a guy who was in, in everything at one point. Paul Rudd is like run through the entire spectrum too because he starts off as like the like handsome like mysterious stepbrother in Clueless, and then he like goes straight in. Then he goes to like. Halloween 6, Anchorman, 40-year-old virgin, and somehow ends up coming back as a superhero. I know, now he's he's on Friends for a couple of seasons. He was on Friends, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel like... uh, Now he's an Ant-Man, and now he's you again. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely good to, to, to appreciate and like the characters that are around him. Miles tends to have a lot of people... It's nice that Miles has so many male figures in his life that are trying to do right by him. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that this movie is really about is kind of Miles learning how to, I guess, instead of being someone who needs guidance to somehow like emerge as someone who can lead others and mm-hmm. and take control of himself, right? Which is, I think, one of the things that makes Spider-Man so relatable and why he's probably my favorite character in the Marvel Universe is that, you know, he is young, and he is trying to, while at the same time being a superhero, he's trying to figure out a lot of his, a lot of things in his life, which, to me, I think what makes it super uh, relatable is being Spider-Man is what, like, just reading from the comic books and seeing him in movies and stuff like that, it's very much like what learning to be an adult is like. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I can see that. (laughs) You know, like the fact that, you know, even the great power and great responsibility, it's like, that's what happens to everybody when you become an adult. You have to learn how to how to take control over your own life, and then eventually you have to, when you become a parent, you have to take, you have to learn how to take care of other people's lives as well. Jose, can you vouch for this? <laughs> I can vouch for this. <laughs> Danny, can you also vouch for this? He's got a dog. (laughs) Dogs are just babies that don't know how to talk. They're babies that never grow up yet. (laughs) Oh, they know how to talk. (laughs) So, you know, soon after this, we get introduced into another Peter Parker and another, well, another Spider-Man who Mm. is Peter Parker from a distant universe played by Jake Johnson. Peter B. Parker, baby. (laughs) Who is, you know, much more of a slob. Much less respected by others. And, you know, he feels the most like Raimi's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. like, 15 years after he after the end of Spider-Man 3. <laughs> so, like, Peter B. Parker, and I want to hear your guys' take on it, because that, that is a very interesting thought. That Peter B. Parker is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, because he's that lovable loser who just things never really work out for him. Yeah. And then it's like, what happens when that keeps happening, you know? And because you even pointed it out, you're like, damn, his backstory is actually super sad. He broke his back. 
Aunt May passes away. He gets divorced. And then you're like, why am I laughing at all this? He loses his restaurant. He loses TGI Spideys. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like that idea that, you know, uh, like I was reading some stuff how like I – and, and, you know, you guys pro- will probably know more than me, but how Peter B. Parker was kind of like that bridging the gap between, like, those guys, like us, that grew up and, you know, your first successful, like, movie, superhero movie uh, was the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And that, like, you know, that character kind of bridges the gap for those people to kind of, like, be introduced to the new Spider-Man, you know, whether it's Tom Holland or whether it's uh, Miles Morales in this movie. Well, I'm trying to remember, because um, there are those, like, little moments where they have, like, those quick clips of, um, like, him doing, like, that dance from Spider-Man 3. Was that <laughs> Peter B. Parker's memories, or was that the Well, the that was... That was supposed, that was supposed to, be, to be Chris Pine. Yeah, it was supposed was to be Chris, Chris Pine, Pine Parker. But then, um, I don't know, Peter B. Parker also references that, you know, almost everything is the same except it's 15 years after. Yeah. Despite the fact that they look that they look very different, um, their MJ looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they've... They they very much feel like they're the closest in terms of look and like actual how things turned out for them in their universe, except mm-hmm. one of them is much more of a goof than the other. Well, he even says it. He's like Blonde Parker is perfect, yeah, in every way. And he goes, you know, not. yeah, it, it's to me. To me, uh, I feel like the Chris Pine Spider Man feels more like if Flash Thompson was the one who grew up to become Spider Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the handsome jock, <laughs> and, and you know, and uh, again, it, it's it's. Once you get introduced to him, that's when you start to realize that you have Spider-Mans coming from different universes, right? Mm-hmm. Which becomes the theme of the rest of the movie. Yeah. And that's where he introduces the USB thumb drive, right? The goober. The goober. <laughs> <laughs> but which yeah, is, so, which so, is basically the MacGuffin. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's why they call it the goober. Yeah. It's like the joke. But yeah, it, uh, Chris Pine Parker was like, or he, he had... Uh, because we didn't talk about the the Large Hadron Collider, or the what they call the Super Collider in this movie. Well, I was hoping is, to do that now. Oh, well, <laughs> fuck you, I'm doing it right now, God. So, I'm doing harder now. Essentially, if no one knows science, I just really love science. But a Large Hadron, uh, large hadron Collider is just a big thing that's a bunch of scientists turned on. We're like, what the fuck? is What happens when you spin something really fast for a long time? And now they turned it on and they can't turn it off because they don't know if it'll kill us all. <laughs> but pretty much, like, it's, the idea is that if, you know, you spin matter really quickly, you can open uh, wormholes to alternate dimensions. So that that's the theory behind it. So that's where the super collider comes into play. So Wait, are, wait, are you saying they turned it on but it, they, they haven't turned it off yet? Like in real life? No, in real life, there is a large hadron collider. I think somewhere in Sweden. Yeah. And a bunch of like it was turned on without a hundred percent sure knowing what it will actually do. Uh huh. And now a part of the experiment is just to leave it on to see what happens. Whoa. Science what? is very, huh. a very much a crapshoot, as I've learned as an adult. <laughs> I'm gonna go off script for a second. What if? Since they turned it on, right, a couple years ago, 
since then, the world has been, like, falling apart, right? What if that's all part of that? Like natural disasters and stuff? Global yeah. warming? and. <laughs> but what if you turn it off and it keeps happening anyway? <laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Well, now I'm scared. Because they left it. <laughs> so they let choice. they let whatever they let it in, and now it won't go away. <laughs> My choice is either I get Spider Man or the world ends. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> so uh, you know, again, after once all of this happens, that's when we start. You know, they they end up having to go to a laboratory, right? To, yeah. To retrieve. What are they retrieving? So the goober got destroyed when uh, when Miles was trying to train to become Spider-Man. So Peter B. Parker and Miles go on this mission to try to uh, recover the data that was on the goober. So that's why they're going to Alchemax? Yeah, Alchemax. Right? Mm-hmm. Alchemax. <laughs> and uh, again, it's like the... the <laughs> I did think it was funny that, you know... That this Spider-Man is out of shape, so obviously instead of instead of like you know sw- web swinging through the trees all the way to wherever this science lab is, they've decided to take the bus. Which you know I kind of like. I like that some of these newer Spider-Man movies are starting to like. He can't just fucking web wherever the fuck he wants to anymore. Like no, like... they have to deal with this logic. And I think even Spider-Man: Homecoming has a scene like that mm-hmm. where Tom Holland Spider-Man like realizes when he's in suburbia that he cannot just like swing anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like that they face this, but um... or even in the game, right? In the Spider-Man yeah. PS4 is like your fast travel systems. You're on the subway, <laughs> and he's always like farting around on the subway <laughs> next to like some asshole, like. So, uh, so yeah, they go to uh, this laboratory where they find a scientist who seems to know who Peter Parker is, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's it's the first kind of, like, red flag in all of this, right? Where you, where you start to realize this. I wasn't aware when the reveal happened that she was supposed to be this universe's version of Doc Ock. So, fun thing, if you were vigilant, she was actually... On the video that when uh, on the science one, class, yeah, when uh, when Miles goes into physics class, mm. so that's the big uh, that you know that's when you're like, oh shit, she looks familiar. Oh shit, now she's Doc Ock. <laughs> and and she had the octagon like shaped glasses too. Oh fucking a! How observant are you? Oh yeah, eight times I forgot. <laughs> Anytime Jose points out something no one else has ever seen, I'm just going to say eight times. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when we realize that the, you know, that Gwen Stacy is also from another alternate universe and she is Spider-Woman. So yeah, she's Spider Woman. Spider Gwen is a nickname. Yes, is what I discovered, right? Yep. Like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. We skipped. We skipped over them in the lab retrieving the goober, and then, you know. Um. Wait, where was I going? We also missed out <laughs> on the best joke in the entire movie, as far as I'm concerned. Which was? Which was, hey, he stole a bagel! <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't seen the movie, I just love explaining it. 
is just like there's this part where uh, schlubby Peter B. Parker is explaining his plan. He goes, "Yeah, we're gonna go in. We're gonna you know hack the hack the mainframe, take the stuff I need, fix the goober. I'll stop by the cafeteria, get a get myself a snack, or was it get myself a bagel for breakfast, and then we'll be on our way." And then when oh, get... the, the part that I was getting to was um, this is the first time we see Miles use one of his own unique powers that he has. You know, he kind of freaks out because they, he thinks they're about to get caught, and then he turns invisible. Oh, yeah, that's kind of important, I guess. <laughs> yeah, kind of... yeah well, it's important to me because I didn't realize that this was an ability that he had. Yeah, this isn't only, like, um, um, Miles Morales' ability. <laughs> Is it ever explained why he has those certain abilities, like in the comics? That, as far as you guys know, I think I think it's because of the the spider that they were um, creating in Alchemex. Mm-hmm. You know, they were trying all kinds of things to like replicate. So then, you know, they they mixed in I don't know some other powers in there, and I think it was um, if I remember correctly. So Alchemex took these spiders and radiated them but they also chose like these different traits from different species of spiders and like Mm -hmm. their unique skills um and some spiders you know can camouflage um like really blend in with like flowers and stuff like that and i think that's where the invisibility power comes from and uh miles has this other power um which we might talk about later the, the electrical shocks Um, I think that comes from um, another type of spider's um, natural abilities, too. So I think they just took the Venom Strike, right? Yeah, Yeah. Venom Strike. So is that... Because I remember they kind of touch on that in uh, in the Raimi Spider-Man movies, right? Did they touch on that? Like, I remember they had a bunch of, like... It was, like, the 15 spiders, right? And each one had been, like splice to have certain traits or something like that because i remember there's so many spider-man origins that i cannot <laughs> tell you like where you're like you just described like four spider-man no, origins. like this scene that you're describing mm-hmm. it, it sounds familiar but i swear to god it could either be from amazing spider-man or 2002 spider-man i mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you gotcha it's so... yeah. <laughs> It's just, again, this is the problem when you reboot a franchise, like, seven times. (laughs) I will say, on that note, I I really appreciated how they approached the whole origin stories in uh, in this movie. Mm -hmm. Just because we've been through it all. We've seen it all. We all all know the radioactive spider bites him. He gets powers. So just for them to really lightly glaze over that and move on, I thought that was perfect. And they glaze over in a way that's, like, so respectful of each character. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, I think every other character, uh, you know, gets handled really well. Uh, because after the, the Alchemex lab, you know, we, we get introduced to, to Aunt May, who's pretty much Alfred. Yeah. Like, she's, like, super Alfred, in my opinion. In these, in, in, at least in Spider-Verse, right? And then, uh, you know, she has that reunion with Peter because, you know, she just lost her Peter. And Peter B. Parker just had to, you know, he talked about how he had to bury Aunt May. Um, so, you know, I, I, I got a little misty when I saw that. Like, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but then they introduced the rest of our characters like Danny was talking about and how each one gets their, their, their really quick 
uh, origin story handled in a very per- like great way. Uh, and like you said, everyone knows that you need a spider to uh, to to become Spider Man, unless you're. Uh... <laughs> Angel's losing his shit because we we're about to talk about his favorite character, Spider Ham. John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> who had to get bit by a radioactive pig. He was a spider that got bit by a radioactive pig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I <laughs> I knew I was going to like this movie. But, <laughs> but when we fucking got spider ham, I was like, oh my god, I am going to recommend the shit out of this. <laughs> Holy shit. Ugh. That's just because, obviously, like, I love John Mulaney because I'm, you know, very much watching him and Nick Kroll on Big Mouth right now. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just, it, it, he just fits in so well with the character that they casted him as mm-hmm. <laughs> in this. And, you know, again, I'm not familiar with any other of these alternative universe Spider-Mans. So, so <laughs> it's awesome that the movie, again, just finds a quick way to just shoot and shoot through all of the origins, right? Because mm-hmm. you also get Nick Nick Cage, who is oh. the, who is noir Spider Man, and yeah. he's just, I, I love Nick Cage as you know in in these animated movies because he was Superman in Teen Titans Go, like the the movie that came out, <laughs> and he you know now he's playing like an older Spider Man version character here, and it's just. He fits in so well with some of these animated characters that they've cast him as. <laughs> What'd you guys think of Spider-Man Noir? Because Spider-Man Noir is nothing close to the comic book Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> I think they... Uh, let me see. Because the Noir Spider-Man from the comics is super dark, super gritty, right? Yeah. So I think they, I think they did the right thing in making it kind of lighthearted, kind of. Like silly in a sense. Um, in, my, in my opinion, or what, what I kind of took it as was, this is the Spider-Man universe's version of Batman, the Spider-Man noir. Um, Adam West Batman. Yeah, the Adam West one. <laughs> so this would be like Adam West Spider-Man, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought about when I saw this, and he does a pretty good job. You know who, where else he does this too? Nick Cage also does this in Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. where he's mm-hmm. just he's just really good at like playing like a modern version of an Adam West superhero. <laughs> I like what was it? I like drinking cream sodas and punching Nazis. <laughs> what? That's what he says. <laughs> that was his line. I have his not, intro. We need to review Kick-Ass again because I, I, well, we need to rewatch it so we can review it because I swear to God, I, oh, I was talking Kick-Ass about Spider-Man time. Noir, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my first uh, my first introduction to noir was uh, from the Spider Man uh, Shattered, Shattered Dimensions video game, mm. and then uh, that's that's when I first saw him, and I was like, wow, this this is this is a whole different Spider Man. It's like it's years apart from you know from from the Amazing Spider Man and the Sam Raimi ones, and just to see him, and then like. Each each of the characters had their own animation style, and you know he was black and white because those comics were written in the 1930s and 40s. <laughs> so I like that they incorporated, you know, like each character's individual like art design. Yeah, like you got Spider Ham being the Looney Tunes character. You got Penny Parker being I don't know anime like- manga. Yeah, yep. it's like anime manga, but it also like stands out in like 
It's like uh, her animation style reminded me a lot of like if you guys uh, have been watching the new Godzilla anime on uh, uh, Netflix, like those movies that have been coming out. Like that, her animation style reminded me a lot of that, and it kind of jarred me at first. But also, she's adorable as shit, so I was like, "Aw, <laughs> she fits in. I don't care." Well, then her robot reminded me a lot of Big Hero Six Spider. Yeah. yeah. So it's. It is, you know, again, it's it's super cool that this movie isn't really just about a single Spider-Man, but very much the fact that it's called Into the Spider-Verse is accurate because you're talking about an entire team of Spider-Men that is going to go here. And really interestingly enough, <clears throat> Miles is the one that's the least experienced and the most new at this, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, <clears throat> the movie, you almost run the... the you almost run the risk of this feeling too much like an ensemble piece that you start to forget about Miles, like, in general, because you're introducing so many other, like, of these characters into it. Mm-hmm. But I also just love how the movie balances it out by making sure that the that it does stay very much about him as opposed to, you know, it just being about all these other characters once they all get introduced. I mean, in this is a very protagonist-driven movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, the, how many of the villains actually talk? You know, and how many of those villains actually have lines that you know in more than one scene? The villains are <clears throat> like, very much in the background of this. They're movie. there, but they're not there. You mm-hmm. know, like the focus is definitely you know Miles Morales, Peter Parker, the rest of the Spider People. And it's about them being, or a spider gang, as they call, as Peter calls them. But yeah, it's like very much their front and center, you know. And that's what, you know, anytime you watch a superhero movie, all these movies are like villain driven. It's all about the villain taking the action. You know, like using Infinity War, like you were mentioning how much you hate it. I don't. (laughs) Nah, it's canon. Angel hates Infinity War, guys. But, you know, like Infinity War, everything is dictated. Thanos dictates the entire movie. You know, the Joker dictates the entire movie when we're talking about the Dark Knight. Like, we're talking about, same thing in Black Panther. It's it's Killmonger's the one that dictates the action. So it's different when you have a, a movie where the protagonists, the heroes, are the ones that are dictating the action. And I think that's another reason why this movie stands out as far as superhero movies mm-hmm. go, you know? And the fact that all the characters are so likable <clears throat> that you don't really realize that not a lot is happening in certain scenes. You kind of enjoy just hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like a sitcom in some ways where once you've got, like, all these people that are having conversations with each other, it really mm-hmm. does become kind of like that where you're just, like, you know, where some of them are just going through gags. And then and they, they're able to show some of these, like other moments before we get to the, you know, whatever the big plot is in the movie, like, it just kind of goes through montage, right? Mm-hmm. Where it shows, like, you know, how they how they work and all that stuff. Well, even even when they introduced Aunt May, you know, we're not we're not used to seeing this type of Aunt May. We're used to seeing, like, the old lady, damsel in distress kind of, like, woman who needs to be saved. But in this one, she's like a badass, right? She's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's voiced by Lily Tomlin, and um, they kind of portray her as like a tech savvy aunt who can kick ass. Like, 
Yeah, and it totally and then, reminds me of like the newer portrayal of Alfred in Batman comics. Because, you know, Alfred is very much the goofy, docile butler in some of the earlier stories and movies. And now it's like, there's even a series that's going to embrace a lot of this. But it's like every version of him now embraces his background as someone in the military, right? So, so that's the sense that you get from this Aunt May is that not only is she someone who, you know, very much like could be responsible for putting together some of these spider suits, but she's also someone who can hold her own in a fight. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of that, I don't want, like, the, the... I feel like the biggest throwaway line that carries the most weight in this movie is when Aunt May said... Like, during that fight, right, with all the villains in the, in the spider gang, when, when Doc Ock comes into the house and then... And then Aunt May says, oh, great, it's Liv. Yeah. Because I don't know if you caught it, but and I, and I think Jose and I talked about this a while ago, how back at Alchemax, um, Doc Ock says, oh, no, my enemies call me uh, Doc Ock. Uh, my friends call me Liv. So it's like when Aunt May said that, implying oh, yeah. they were friends, <clears throat> you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, holy shit, I want to learn more about this world where Aunt May and Dr. Octopus were friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, and then this also just, like, shows one of the scenes that just I enjoyed more than anything. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the fight when they're all, like, they're all just, like, beating the shit out of, like, the villains inside of Aunt May's living room. <laughs> and they show all of them, like, destroying a certain either, like, piece of furniture or a wall or something in the house. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it shows you Spider-Ham, who, like, breaks a plate over his own head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, as my, uh, you know, as our uh, Spider-Man, uh, like, purists, what you guys make of the, of the, like, the new versions of the villains and how, how they look like? Danny, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I thought there were cool takes on them. Um, you know, I'm not I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of what they did for Scorpion. Just same. <laughs> he he just looked like so generic uh, cyborg bad guy. Um, I I did really appreciate what they did with uh, Doctor Octopus um, because you know it's one thing to gender swap um, a character in any sense, um, but they really added a lot of details into her design. Like, if you looked at her hair style, it, it looks like the bulbous uh, back end of an octopus, right? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so there, there, there's a lot of um, really cool like little details in that. Um, I thought Prowler looked really cool. Um, you know, if, if you remember Prowler from, like, the 90s comics and even, like, the animated series, he's kind of goofy looking, um, this guy in a purple and green jumpsuit. Um, I, th- I thought that I thought they really did a cool modernization of his costume for this movie. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for the scorpion either. I'm I'm not even sure like which universe he comes from. Um, I think it it you had know, to be like Ultimate, right? Or I don't know. You know what it reminded me of? The Toy Scorpion Story? King. <laughs> when the Rock <laughs> character like unveils his like monster form and he has yeah. like all those legs all of a sudden. That's what it reminded me of. It, it reminded me of Toy Story, like the, um, you know, that little toy that... <laughs> the baby, the baby head with the spider <laughs> baby head. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Prowler definitely had, um, 
I like the the design of the character because, like, I I always think purple and green are like two cool colors that go together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when when you watch the '90s animated series, like that one episode, Night of the Prowler, mm-hmm. um, he just it just looks it it doesn't look like it stands out or like something like you know a kid wants to wear, because in a way he was kind of like an anti-villain, right? Like yeah. back in the '90s and even in in this. Um, well, he started off as like you know. Um... A, a would-be villain who Spider-Man eventually befriends and, you know, yeah. uh, gets brought onto the good side. That's the impression I got from him in Homecoming, is that he was someone who maybe could be construed as a villain, but is not exactly a villain. Like, mm-hmm. there's something where it's obviously the relationship he has with Miles and everything. There's something benevolent about him, so you don't... I, I was, like, surprised when, when he was actually... I mean... Look, I, I'm again. I'm not totally familiar with this version of it, and and I, I know the Prowler by name, but I, I've, I'm not familiar with many of the interpret like the visual interpretations of it. So the costume was one thing, but it's the fact that it was revealed to be you know Aaron Davis. I was you know I was surprised by that, and I was also. I guess it's one of the things that's a little bit redeeming again. It's like, I was like, wow, fuck this guy. Like when he was like all of a sudden starting to chase Spider-Man and I didn't really process it at the time that he didn't realize that it was Miles. That's the thing about the Prowler. Um, I think he's very much a villain of circumstance, right? He, he, he's not a bad guy. Um, he's just a guy who needs to live this lifestyle because it's, his only way to make make a living or make make his life livable, you know. Um, it's very Magneto. <laughs> yeah, in a sense. I don't know. Magneto was kind of a huge dick. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like I, I guess when you talk about like cer- how circumstance, like maybe Killmonger is more of a accurate thing. Well, if we're talking about DC animated. I'm sorry, DC animated. Uh, if we're talking about like Marvel Cinematic Universe, then yeah, I agree. But, like, even Magneto in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it's not technically the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, <laughs> if we're talking about Michael Fassbender as Magneto, like, yeah, I agree, but, you know, I don't know, there, there have been a lot of incarnations of Magneto where he was a total dick for no reason. <laughs> like, that time in Ultimate Universe where he, like, flipped the, uh, inverted the poles just because he was like, eh, my children... Did you guys catch that? Uh, there, this was another Easter egg, and you know the animators dropping hints on you when when Miles and um, and his uncle Aaron, who you know he he looks up to, he's like the cool uncle. He's like, oh, my dad's a square. You're the cool guy. But there's like a there's like a giant like like cat in the back, and you can kind of see in graffiti letters. It's like it you could it spells out Prowler in the back, but. Um, it's just kind of cool to see, you know, the animators just dropping hints in there for, for the viewers. No, and I totally missed that. Only, only when you watch it, like if if you rewatch it as many times as I have, you you're gonna catch things. All the time. <laughs> he goes, trust me, I know. I didn't see it because I wanted to. I saw it because I had to. Do you guys uh, ever? You guys hear about the Easter egg with the the Donald Glover scene from Community in the movie? What? Yeah. So. Uh, for for any listeners who uh, don't know, Donald Glover was a huge Miles Morales fan, and he had been really pushing for them to make a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie. And um, because of his love for the character, 
a lot of the fan fans around the internet um, wanted him to be Miles Morales, um, which he actually got to do for um, I think it was Ultimate Spider-Man, the the cartoon. Is that right? Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, he got a voice Miles Morales on one of the Spider-Man cartoons. But anyways, um, because uh, of his current age now, he's not able to play Miles Morales. But they put in a scene from a uh, community um, where he's wearing Spider-Man uh, pajamas, I, I believe it was. And uh, they put it in. It's it's in that scene where Miles uh, goes into his uncle's apartment and the TV is on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a super clear image of it, but y- you can tell by the, the coloration and the shapes on the screen. That's the uh, scene from Community. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> that is pretty neat. You know, the the best Easter egg that didn't happen that I'm, you know, to this day I'm really sad about is the fact that Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland were supposed to have cameos in this movie. No, I would have loved that. And, like, it just, it, they, I think they had, like, scheduling conflicts, and that's the only reason the three of them couldn't make it. But speaking of cameos... Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, where's this going? Is this, okay, so is this the final Stanley cameo? No, Captain Marvel uh, is the final. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Okay. All right. But uh, this one was this one was still a little heart wrenching just because of the of the conversation him and Miles were having, being like, oh yeah, I'm really gonna miss him, and I was like, we miss you too, Stan, you old pervert. <laughs> well, old it, it's funny because like every single Stanley like cameo that I've seen lately. I just every single time I'm watching, I'm like, "Wow, is this the last one? Is this the last one?" It's almost like it's almost like, uh, gosh, I can't remember the actress's name. It would have been fitting if Carrie Fisher, last one. Carrie Fisher, yeah, Carrie. it's like seeing Carrie Fisher and like trying to figure out exactly. Oh, and Star Wars, last Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> and those things just kind of work out, right? Like, I mean, the la- the first thing I had seen with Stan Lee, like since he had passed away, like was his cameo Teen in the Teen Titans Go movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teen and then, and then the end, of course, like, God, one of the most surreal, like, experience still was, like, the week or a couple or, like, a week or two before Carrie Fisher died, like, after Carrie Fisher died was when she, like, is at the very end of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird when that kind of stuff happens. But, of course, Stanley cameos, we can never forget those. And that's one of those things that we are going to miss as we... You know, once we push past this Avengers sequel and we go to other Marvel movies, yeah, he's not going to be there no more. I mean, he might have one in Endgame. We don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Stanley's going to be like Tupac. It's going to be like 12 years later. He's still making movies with him. <laughs> Hologram Stanley? <laughs> Hologram Stanley. Excelsior. <laughs> he can be the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. <laughs> 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 so then, you know, I guess the we discover what the motivation, you know, uh, is behind bringing all these other spider people into this universe, and that's that the Kingpin is actually trying to bring his family back. Kingpin said, <laughs> said Kingpin. Uh, uh, can, I, can I ask you guys what you thought about that? Like, do, do you sympathize with the Kingpin? Like, you know, if you lost your family, would you kind of do anything in your power to like bring them back even if it was like ripping a hole in the space time continuum you know like i'm sorry go ahead danny no uh you know like yeah you would do anything for your family right um 
but I didn't feel any sympathy for King Finn just because he was such a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there, there's, there's no there's villains where that happens, right? Like if you watch Batman the Animated Series and they do the Mister Freeze, Mister Freeze in that show is a oh, very yeah. tragic villain. Mm-hmm. And like from the, the, from and the very the, beginning, you know, like mm-hmm. Freeze was someone that you you would care about. But, but like you I said, didn't... it's like no, uh, doesn't matter. Still murder, you know, like yeah, like well, Kingpin at no point made me feel like he had any redeemable value. No, but there's certain there's certain portrayals of him where it's like you do where where you're just oh, so yeah. intrigued. It like God, uh, Vincent Daredevil, Vincent like from Daredevil, yeah. from Daredevil is so like rich and complex, and it's he's so good in that. Where it's like, God, if they ever... I wish they would just put Vincent D'Onofrio like, in the Spider-Man Homecoming universe mm-hmm. once they introduce him into there. That's not my kingpin. Hashtag not my kingpin. <laughs> Are you more of a Michael Clark Duncan kingpin? That's right. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan's my kingpin. All right, you Pete. know why? He was, he was kingpin in Daredevil, and he was also kingpin in that shitty MTV Spider-Man show. <laughs> so... Boom! The only two-time kingpin. <laughs> but yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio is pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, again, it's it's he he is he is to me he doesn't come off as that that interesting of a character. Like Danny said, to me, Doc Ock is actually the most interesting of all the villains in this movie. Kingpin, I guess I mean, I was talking about interesting. I just meant like you know, like where his actions justified. Like, like uh, did he do nothing wrong? Like, no, like, I, I, like, I get the motivation and I feel for him, but you know for a fact that he blames Spider-Man for his family dying. And he will not see that it's his own fault. It was it, his own fault. He will not see that it's his own criminal, like, ways, mm-hmm. that the fact that he's a mob boss, the fact that he put his family in danger... The fact that him almost killing Spider-Man in their house was what made them run away. Not the fact that he was fighting Spider-Man. It was the fact that he was ready to kill him. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's the same reason why he killed Peter Parker of this universe, right? Because he, he, you know, and Peter Parker didn't say anything to insult him. He literally said, that you, there's no way you can bring them back. Because mm-hmm. he's right. At the end of the day, even if he did bring his family back, it wouldn't be his family. It would be the family of another kingpin. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I, I really like it because it adds a lot of layers and it adds, like, stupid, goofy comic book science bullshit. But it still, like, grounds it with, like, you know, an actual emotional story. But, yeah, I still don't think he's he's justified in what he did. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, in this in this point in the movie, it kind of changes, shifts in a different direction because now you're going from the team up aspect of it to where it looks like all the other Spider Man are kind of singling uh, Miles out. Right? He's the newest Spider Man. He's not that good with his powers yet, and they all have to do whatever it takes to get him back home because the longer they're in this universe. They're kind of it's turn it's kind of like the back into the future thing where they're all gonna slowly like fade away into obscurity, you mm-hmm. know, and um and it looks like their original intent or their original plan is that all of them are gonna be able to go back to their own universes with the exception of Jake Johnson's Peter Parker, right? Peter B. Parker, yeah. Yeah, so um, in he he's gonna be the one that stays behind so that everyone else can go, but Miles obviously wants to send. 
Peter B. home as well so that he can go and reconcile with MJ. Since in his universe, you know, he and MJ are separated mm-hmm. and have been for some time. Um, What'd you guys... That was a funny scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was! Like, I actually laughed when he was crying in the shower. <laughs> it was sad, but I laughed because it's, you know, it's Nick Miller from New Girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm talking about the, um, when, you know, they're at the, they're at the the dinner party, and then uh, he sees oh. MJ, and he goes up to her, and he's all like, he's all like, he's, he said, I failed you, you know, like, something along those lines. Where yeah. He's like, he's, she's like, it's he's a, serving he's, bread. Just yeah, bring his bread. Spider-Man, so, yeah. so obviously she thinks it's just a waiter, like, apologizing for forgetting to get her bread. And I wasn't I was, there for you, was the line, I right? I filled this whole room with bread for you. <laughs> Well, I was gonna ask, what do you guys think of uh, of uh, Miles's? Um, I don't even know what to call it. Like, like his baptism, I guess, when he kind of finally becomes Spider Man. Well, I, that was one. That was the the theme, right? Like the leap of faith. Yeah, so pretty like, much. I think that's the good way of putting it. Is like, what do you guys think of uh, of his leap of faith moment? I thought it. I mean, it. It felt rushed towards the end, right? Because mm-hmm. you know we see them; they're 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 back at his place, or at at, at Vision's Academy in in his room, and then um, you know Peter B. Parker's telling him um, that he's not ready, and then he's all like that he's asking to, to for them to take a vote on it, and he's all like it wasn't up to them; it was up to me, and then after this. You know, he tells them, if, if you're ready for this, then Venom strike me right now. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it on command. And I think that just shows, like, he was, you know, he's vulnerable. And and he's 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 trying to find that, that inner strength. And he can't. And it's not until, you know, his dad comes in and he's on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he already knows what happened. We 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 skipped to the through this right, but his uncle Aaron gets shot by 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 the kingpin, mm-hmm. and he's just so angry that I feel like he was blinded by rage and and in that way he couldn't he he couldn't um take that leap just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it is <laughs> it's funny because we talk about him being the age of what a sidekick would be like, but it's very Batman and Robin. Very. And, like, much of the newer, like, Robin origin stories where he's got a bloodlust for revenge. And, mm-hmm. and it's the older hero that actually, like, you know, talks him out of doing it for, you know, for the purpose of revenge and, and being more noble in his cause, right? Mm-hmm. So he is able to free himself from the chair that Peter B. had, like, webbed him to. And, yeah, using the Venom Strike abilities. And then he goes to MJ, and MJ gets him the red Spider-Man suit, which he spray paints black. Uh, sorry, Aunt May. And Aunt May, uh, you know, gives him the spider suit that he gets, which he's spray painted black. And then, finally, we get the... It has to be in every Spider-Man movie, right? The 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 one where he's like jumping off the buildings and and really starting to discover some of his powers. And I think one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the music is great, the What's visuals up, are awesome, and you know it's just it it is 
it's also just like, you know, I'm enjoying the world that this movie is in, but it really needs to hurry up and go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it just gives you like a montage that, that shoots you into the final fight of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's again, it's shorthand to get you from him being in the chair to him meeting up with the other heroes so he can save them. It's just... I mean, I, as much as I love that montage, and as much as I love seeing, like, Miles, like, become a hero, right? And, or become Spider-Man. Like, it, the only disconnect I felt was that all of a sudden he's like, yeah, guys, I can control my powers now. <laughs> yeah, it was too quick, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I felt that was too fast. And if they, if he, I don't know, if they had, like, uh, an added scene where he talks to Aunt May, or, you know, I don't know, some fucking montage in the spider cave... I would have preferred that to like kind of lead up to the what's up danger um, montage. But I mean, it was cool anyway. Like I love that shot where miles is where they invert miles free fall. So it looks like he's like flying up instead of mm-hmm. falling down. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fucking cool. Like again, like we were talking about how great the visuals were for this movie. That scene, like, is kind of a microcosm of how good these animators did, you know? And then we get all the spider people that are heroically arriving at the, you know, they, they get into the Fisk uh, laboratory mm-hmm. where this experiment is happening, right? Where the we're super like... collider is getting turned on and it, it's, it's go time pretty much. Like they're trying to, they're about to install the goober. Can I make a stupid comparison? You're about to say something really <laughs> stupid. Yeah, go ahead. You know what this makes me think of? What? <laughs> you ever watch the second Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah. Where they, <laughs> the tournament makes absolutely no sense, but for some reason, like, the dimension that Mortal Kombat takes place in and the actual Earth are starting to merge together, so you get all these shitty-ass CGI versions of them. <laughs> real world landmarks that show up yeah that's what i felt like in this end scene where you're like pulling all these different universes apart really yeah it looked cooler here though no no really (laughs) (laughs) fucking obviously (laughs) anyway fucking dick so we get to the climax of the movie and Miles Morales gets to pretty much really. <laughs> Miles Morales gets to really show off being, uh, you know, getting to show off being Spider Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see him be able to. We see him save uh, Peter B. And him. Uh, or by him, I mean Miles. Miles, Peter B., and Gwen. Have this uh, throwdown with Doc Ock, which I thought was a really cool. Oh, fight. it was great. Yeah. If you, if you if you watch tag team wrestling the way we watch <laughs> tag team wrestling, that's what it felt like. <laughs> but but even then, right? Like Peter B. Parker's kind of like he's like I'm I'm gonna be the one that saves us, and then he's all and then Miles goes, No, you're not. You have to go home. Mm-hmm. And then he's all like he's all like Oh my God, I love you. And he's all like, do I want kids? <laughs> he goes through so many emotions yeah. in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's he 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 becomes the reluctant teacher, right? Like mm-hmm. he really didn't want to do 
he really didn't want to be have anything to do with what Miles was going through. But for some reason, he gets guilted into it. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment where where he's starting to realize that you know that there's so much that he has learned and that he can take back with him if he makes it back home. Which at this point, he's not trying to right. Like he's still he's, he's still got perfectly it in his okay head. with dying. Yeah. Which is kind Which of, is kind of sad because yeah. he's the saddest Spider-Man of all. <laughs> I think that's why I love him so much. <laughs> he's like the grunge rock of Spider-Man. But I mean, he got in a way he got schooled, you know, like mm-hmm. he 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 was over here unwillingly teaching lessons and ended up learning one of the biggest ones where he's all like, "It's it's my time to go," and Miles is gonna take over, and he's got it. And you know that's what's really interesting that makes Miles different from every other incarnation of Spider-Man we've ever seen, right? Miles had well, Peter's only had Uncle Ben as a father figure. And I guess if you read the comics like there's a lot of comics where Spider-Man looks up to like Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. Uh or like big heroes like that. But for the or most in part Homecoming where he very or, much looks up to Tony Stark. Oh yeah, or in yeah, the He's MCU. very much Iron Man Jr. in yeah, <laughs> the MCU. <laughs> And but you know like Miles is different because unlike Peter who only had maybe one father figure, Miles has like four in this movie alone. You know he's got Aaron, obviously he's got Jeff, he's got Peter B, and even to a certain extent he had Blonde Parker. You know Chris Pine Parker, mm-hmm. um, because Chris Pine immediately upon finding out this kid had powers was offering himself to like train him. You know. And he trusted this kid enough to entrust him with the fate of what he thought was the city, not knowing it was actually the entire universe, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, the other one is the growth moment here is where he is the one who makes a decision for Peter B. to send him back to his universe. He even uses the same move Peter B. used on him, too. That was really Mm -hmm. cool. So it's, you know, again, it just shows you growth. It allows him to transition out of being the superhero in training to mm-hmm. being the you know the main character in his own story. Tangent: How do you guys feel about Penny Parker losing Spider? Oh, that is. It was really sad, but now that you bring it up again, like it kind of happened so in the middle of other stuff mm-hmm. that it just like. I forgot about it by the time the movie ended. <laughs> well, I feel like she's the least like remember well, memorable character. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, but, well, she loses the robot, but not the actual spider, right? Yeah, because she saves the spider. Because I guess the spider's in control of the robot. Oh. Yeah. So, so that 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 big robot is just a mech that's being controlled by the radioactive spider. Also, oh, the spider survives. The spider survives. Oh, she yeah. totally missed that. She puts the spider like on her oh, shoulder, okay. and then she gets on top. Well, of Well, that's less sad back. then. But <laughs> I guess it's sad because it's supposed to be that that was her dad's last gift, right? That's true. But I was like, like Angel said, like I didn't notice that happened until my friend pointed it out at the end of the movie. She's like, it was so sad that Spider Man or that uh, Penny lost her robot, and I was like. There was a penny. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, it, was uh, a, what, it was a very big Hero Six moment when you know Baymax goes, right? Yeah, that's true. That was very much like Baymax being a bro. 
Yeah, there was something very Disney Pixar about it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were some of your uh, favorite lines, like or one-liners? Because I have a, I like the one where um, Miles runs in into where all the other Spider-Man are, and then he's like, he's not like. The prow- uh, the prowlers is my uncle Aaron and fucking <laughs> Spider Man War just goes uh, wow this is a dark <laughs> this is a dark origin story <laughs> <laughs> like the sneaky jokes that got in there yeah oh god there are so many dude I love the uh, don't invest in a spider themed restaurant <laughs> yeah that one's good let's see um. I think there's a moment when they're all talking about, like, oh, who is your Uncle Ben, or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes, for me, it was my Uncle Benjamin. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was my Uncle Ben. For me, it was my Uncle Benjamin. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you, my favorite line from Spider-Man Noir was, I love drinking egg creams and punching Nazis. (laughs) Oh god, there was, I mean, there's a lot of good jokes in that one. Oh, I've just remembered something I wanted to bring up. Fun fact, the fuck oh, you. Fun fact, when um when Miles and uh and Chris Pine Parker meet up in the in the what's it called um in the super collider, and when he or when Chris Pine Parker tells uh. Tells Miles, oh, I'll be right back. I got to go up. And you know how he, like, flies through the uh, – doesn't fly. I mean, he swings through the, the, the super collider to get to the top. Uh, Miles does the same – like, they use, like, the, the same animation. Except, like, you know, just a lot more bombastically because, you know, the universe is falling apart around him. Mm-hmm. But he does the same moves to get up to the same place. And that's why it's funny when um, – when Peter B is like, did I teach him that, or oh, did yeah. we? Did he learn that from us? And he's like, I don't. He definitely didn't learn it from me. He definitely didn't learn it from you. <laughs> I, I thought one of the, the the last scenes that was sweet, and then also a little bit of a bummer is that you know Gwen and Miles cannot be in the same universe together because she has to go somewhere else. Right? Mm-hmm. It seems like a obviously. Anytime you have a man and a woman, like, in a movie, they don't always have to end up together. But, you know, because they shared such a good chemistry in it. They just uh, want to be friends, dog. Which is fine. Which is fine. I'm not going to argue that they have to be any more than that. But I just thought it was sweet. It was yeah. A, it was a... And, and also just kind of a bummer that they, you know, that, that he, he, he gets to know all these other guys. But specifically Gwen and, and Peter B., it's mm-hmm. just that, you know, that you know that he's going to have to exist without them going forward. Mm-hmm. Except right at the end, we find out that Gwen somehow managed to communicate with him across dimensions. Yep, she found a way. Huh? You didn't catch that? Spider-Man, oh. saved, Spider-Man saved the day. <laughs> it was, remember, so remember the end, he does the end monologue where uh-huh. he's like, Every, everyone, anyone can be Spider-Man, mm-hmm. all you gotta do is take a leap of faith. And then he, like, is falling in the air with his hands behind his back, and he lands in his bed, right? They just cut it. When they start playing the Post Malone song, there's, like, a weird bubble, like, effect on screen, and then Gwen starts calling out to Miles. Oh, I I didn't catch that. Really? That's crazy. 
That's interesting. That's neat. Yeah. And and I did hear that. So like they're they're in the works of turning this into a, a cartoon series. Obviously. Yes, I heard that too. Oh, you heard it too? Into a series or another movie? No, like cartoon like series. A, yeah, cartoon oh. series. Now, um, obviously, they can't have the same type of animation because that would be too fucking expensive. And or the same cast. <laughs> or the same cast. No. But you know, it's it would be continuing the same plot of you know people in the spider people throughout the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting if that actually goes through. Um. So, with the, are they still planning on a sequel to this movie, though? I no? really hope so. Yeah. Well, if you, I don't know if you guys, uh, you and uh, Angel watched, Javier, you and Angel watched the uh, post-credit scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I made Angel watch it because one, it had my favorite Spider-Man character. <laughs> Who was this Spider-Man character? Miguel O'Hara. Miguel O'Hara. Mexican Spider-Man. <laughs> Mexican Irish Spider-Man. <laughs> From the future, from the year twenty ninety nine. Yeah, I like I knew I knew Oscar Isaac was in this for like a brief moment, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I showed him it was from the meme, we lost our shit. <laughs> oh my god! But the end credits in general, all the memes, I loved it. It was that's why this movie was so tongue in cheek. It didn't take itself too serious, but it still like managed to tackle like these deep like themes you know and it, it definitely did a lot of stuff like we all said in the beginning it, it's an animated superhero movie it can do a lot that live action superhero movies couldn't do mm-hmm. but i love the i love that um miguel the the <laughs> what's up i said the gag at the end right where uh jay jameson jameson's like it was spider-man <laughs> which one <laughs> it was him. All right, so I guess that brings us to the end of this, and uh, really the question that we need to ask everyone here, which I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. We all pretty much enjoyed it, but uh, do we like this movie, Javi? Oh fuck yeah, I like this movie. <laughs> like it wasn't like yeah, it, it wasn't a perfect superhero movie. No movies are going to be the perfect movie. Yada yada yada. Except Dark Knight. Oh, fuck off. But. <laughs> <laughs> But like the you know like I didn't like the fact that that uh, Miles suddenly just like the snap of a finger he's like I get it I'm Spider Man now and you know like that that part really jarred me um, yeah like I do do wish that there was a little bit more as far as the villains go but honestly I can't really knock this movie for that shit. There was so much, like, it was just very well written, it was very well animated, the soundtrack was incredible, the voice acting was great, every character fit, like, every voice fit the character, every character had a purpose, um, you know, at any point this movie could have felt like there was just too much going on, but they found a way to keep it manageable and it was very well done they introduced a new character in a really fun way well not a new character miles morales isn't new but they introduced a character that maybe people aren't as familiar with in a very fun way that everyone can enjoy so honestly like this is hands down the best spider-man movie i've ever seen and that's including the fact that i haven't seen homecoming Homecoming. completely I'll watch Homecoming, and I'm pretty sure I'm still going to feel the same way because of all the Spider-Man comics I've read, of all the shows, of all the movies I've watched. This has been, like, 
the catch-all for like of Spider-Man as far as like I experienced it, you know. Mm-hmm. I obviously liked this movie. Um, I thought it was really good. Again, I love the animation. I love the music. Everything. I would just ditto every single thing that you just said. Um, I didn't really have narrative problems with it. I thought it just went by at a pace that was good. We are at a point now where two hours is short for a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is just so fucking long now. And and as much as I like the Nolan Batman stuff, it's just like starting with those movies, I just feel like everything has to be two and a half hours now. So it's nice to have something that isn't as long <laughs> and mm-hmm. doesn't require as much, like, me sitting there for hours, you know, as as, as we're hearing that Avengers Endgame is going to have as a, at a three-hour runtime, so... It goes by as well as it needs to. The story is awesome. The animation is great. You know, like, I, I kind of don't want them to do anything else with this, like, a, as, as a series, at least. I'd prefer a sequel, if anything, but it just feels kind of so perfect and just wrapped in its own, like, bow as its mm-hmm. own, as its own like, one-off story, you know, that I just, you know, I, I don't I don't want them to ruin it with something else. But... You know, who knows? They 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 come up. They could come up with something that's even greater than it. Still, like if this is it, you are a hundred percent okay with that. Yeah. Where I would disagree with your assessment of it is, it's still. I wouldn't call it my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. I it's number two, right? It's still Spider-Man two for me. And that, Same. And, and that is the and that is the high watermark of the series. That that even though I, I you know I like Homecoming. Um, I like the original Raimi one. It's just that there Spider-Man two has a quality to it where it's just it's almost unmatched. It, it sits. Are you scoffing? Was was Javier scoffing at, at us for like, loving Spider-Man two? I'm, I'm sucking my teeth that he's disagreeing <laughs> with me. Like you, you were both entitled to your wrong ass opinions. <laughs> but I mean, I love. I still love Spider Man too. It's just you know, it can eat a dick compared to Spider Verse. <laughs> anyway, what about you guys? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, yeah, I, Dan, I'm with Danny, uh, Sorry, <laughs> I'm with Angel. Uh, this was an excellent Spider Man movie. Um, I won't say it's my favorite because Spider Man Two definitely still is. Not just one of my favorite Spider-Man movies, but one of my favorite superhero movies. Um, just because it had a lot of heart, you know. Um, but Spider-Verse was amazing. Visually, the story was great. It did an amazing job of introducing new characters to not only uh, an audience of our generation and age, but to kids. You know, because in the future, the kids are going to be the ones that are, that are going to be taking on the fandom, and I think that's super important. They made it super digestible for all audiences. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I love the movie. Um, I would love to see a sequel. Um, but in terms of ranking all of the Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man 2 is still my favorite. You guys were invited to my wedding. <laughs> we, we know you're not getting married. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you know you realize that all the discussion that we've been doing on this now, we have to do a review of Spider-Man 2 eventually now. We have to get yeah. this group of four people and get together again to review <laughs> Spider-Man 2 in the future. Are you guys down for that? I'm down. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. I get to watch Spider-Man 2, and it is a great movie. It's just not the best Spider-Man movie, and I will fucking fight you all on that. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I I thought this was a perfectly well done superhero movie. And like, you know, just like you guys, I loved I loved the visuals, the music, the narrative. Like I loved everything about this movie. And it's kind of hard, right, to to put. I feel like I can't. It it is a Spider-Man movie, but it's an animated movie. So it's 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 hard to kind of put spider-man 2 you know or put put this movie above spider-man 2 because it is an animated film but i mean like danny was saying like this was easy to digest for kids and and um, the fact and (laughs) hobby but uh the fact that you know we we have a a black spider-man or you know a puerto rican and black spider-man multiracial spider-man yes a multiracial spider-man um it's it's great to see that. I mean, you know, for us being of a different ethnicity, like you know, you know, we're Mexican, Salvadorian, and Literally uh, all of us on this panel. Yeah, <laughs> entire group. We are definitely in the minority persuasion. Yeah, so it, like you know, it's, it it started a little bit with with Black Panther, and um, I, I like the way that Hollywood is catering to minorities. And I wish they could they, they continue with that trend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to see a sequel, like you guys mentioned. And if if it uh, if, if there is a sequel, I hope it it's related to the Spider-Man 2099 because he he's such a badass character. If there is a sequel, what Spider-Man what Spider-Man character would you guys want to include? Like which other Spider person uh, from the the entire story would you guys want to include in that? I want to see Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley. That'd be dope. What about you, Danny? You got to have the Japanese Spider Man in it. You're a super giant Megazord. Spider Man. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Yeah. If even just for like one scene with the giant robot, that's fine. Even if it's animated, right? (laughs) Fuck yeah, if it's animated. (laughs) What about you, Angel? Who would you want to include? Oh, you guys are really making me dig deep, huh? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I, I can't. I can't speak to this because I don't know any other Spider-Man. Could have uh, been like uh, Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I mean like if we're talking about like a like a Else- from the comic. If we're ta- yeah, yeah if we're talking about like an Elseworlds or multiverse like Spider-Man kind of deal. Like I, mm-hmm. I just don't know enough about the character to really to really get in there. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing I want to say was. Um, like, I don't, 2018 was such a great year for Spider-Man. It's it's so sad that, you know, like, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee passed away in, in the same year, you know. They were both creators of Spider-Man. And, like, you know, it started with Infinity War. We got to see Spider-Man in it. And then the Spider-Man video game, which Angel needs to finish because it's really good. <laughs> and then just to, to top it off, you know, with a movie at the end of the year, it was like, it was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> It was a good day to be a man named Jose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah, that, you know, uh, other than you know, we'd like to thank you guys for uh, joining us for this episode. Um, specifically, our guest Danny and Jose, who will be returning when we do another film in this franchise. There will be a sequel to this type of. You should add like at the end, like you know, in the Avengers. Oh, Danny and Jose will return. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I think this is as good a time as any to kind of reveal what's going to be happening for the next several months. Um, oh, shit, yeah. In this, so... Fuck. <laughs> for many of those who, who obviously know now, um, the trailer for... Well, the first teaser trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, like, recently went onto the internet. And one of the things that we discussed, Javi and I, when we first started doing this podcast, was that we were going to reach a point where mm-hmm. we were going to go through the Star Wars series, movie by movie, in anticipation for Episode Nine. So the time is finally here for us to start planning this, and the way we're going to go through with it is every month from now to December, we're going to dedicate two of our episodes per month to uh, a series in the to a movie in the Star Wars franchise. And so, you know, again, we're going to continue doing non-Star Wars because we have to just, like, we can't just do this for the next nine months. So so we are going to we are gonna give ourselves the opportunity to do two non-Star Wars reviews a month, and then we'll also do two Star Wars reviews uh, leading up to The Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to be so fucking done with Star Wars by the end of this goddamn year. <laughs> But it's okay. See, we'll we'll be able to take a break in the middle of it to talk about Spider-Man 2. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and then I'll tell you guys how great Spider-Man 2 is, but how inferior it is to Spider-Man. <laughs> so, uh, again, you know, we hope everyone that's been following the show continues to follow us uh, as we step into this journey that's coming up soon. And, um, yeah, again, we'd like to continue thanking people who are, who are uh, downloading the show in much greater numbers now. Um, please, please, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you're able to. Um, you know, download our episodes on the platform of your choice, whatever works. Um, interact with us on our Instagram page, which you know has kind of fallen off the map since we had to take a one-week hiatus due to other prior commitments. But uh, continue to interact with us. If you have movies that you want us to review, please uh, DM it to us in our in our Instagram page, or you can send us an email at doweliklemoviespod at gmail.com, and we will, you know, add that to the schedule, you know, uh, if, if it is brought in. And there have been some people who have brought reviews to us that we are going to be getting to, so please continue to interact with us and download our show. And again, thank you for giving us the... the uh, the motivation with your interaction with us to continue this show well into <laughs> into the double digit of episodes now. Woo, we're in uncharted territory, baby. <laughs> and yeah, once again, thanks, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Jose. We really appreciate you guys for the support you guys have given our show. We really appreciate you guys coming on today and be able to talk about Spider Man. Um, yeah, you guys are always welcome to come back anytime you guys want. Uh, we, Angel and I would be more than happy to have you guys. Spidey Bells, Spidey Bells. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, turds. <laughs>